Let's go, South Beast. Beast mode. Welcome to the Beast Mode Talk Show. This is our fifth episode, keeping it simple, with your hosts, Christina Burnett. And I'm Andrew Stamper. Thank you, everybody, for, for hopping on and downloading this latest episode. We've got something really exciting in store for you. I'm really excited about our guest. Before we get to all of that, it's time for a moment from our sponsors. This Beastcast is brought to you by the Temper Sealy Ashley Labor Day Contest, currently going on now through September 12th. Please don't forget to notify all of your RSAs and store managers and sales managers as this is a huge opportunity for additional payouts. All right, Christina, we've got another episode. This is our fifth. Can you be- can you believe it? We've now been doing this for a whole five episodes at this point. No, this is crazy talk, let me tell you. And I want to thank everybody for listening to us. You guys are so awesome. You've given us so much support. We really thank you all for listening. So, Andrew, what have you been doing? What's been going on? Um, you know, obviously working, I've had really uh, great opportunities for some good meetings. Uh, got to hang out with Blake last Friday, so that was good. Of course, if you're listening to this from three years from now, me saying last Friday is completely irrelevant. But uh, recently had an opportunity to, to work with Blake, and that was great. And then this past weekend, the world was uh, introduced to a brand new Game of Thrones show, and I'm excited about that. So it was fun. I got to watch a show about dragons for an hour. And yeah, all is well. How about you, Christina? All is great. I uh, was at the Nationwide show last week, which was a lot of fun, which is where I got to officially, we'll have a little more of an extensive conversation with our next beast uh, of the week, number five, Mr. Ryan Gaynor. All right. So Ryan, we are so excited to have you here. There's a ton of people that know you, but there's a ton of people that don't. And that's what this whole venue is for. Um, We are going to keep this really simple today because we want to know who you are. What are you? What are you doing? What's your love? What's your passion? Are you married? Do you have kids? Ready? Go. Answer them all at once. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do my best. Um, Yeah, so um, I am married. I've been married. I just celebrated 17 years with my beautiful wife, Sarah. Uh, we have two fantastic uh, children, uh, my son, Dylan, 15 years old, sophomore in high school, and my daughter, Presley, who's 12, who's in seventh grade. Uh, both of our kids are avid soccer players. They play uh, on a club competitive team. And, you know, essentially, you know, we spend just about every weekend on the sidelines watching our kids play soccer, and we love it. Um, but I've been in the I've been in the betting industry for you know, going on 17 years. Um, so ton of experience in retail and in the wholesale side of the business and uh, just, you know, very passionate about what I do. I love it. Well, first of all, I'm going to ask you a personal question. How'd you meet your wife? 17 years, man. That's awesome. Good for you. 
Yeah, good question. Yeah, so we actually grew up, uh, you know, or I grew up really in a small town about 25 minutes north of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, not a whole lot really to do in that town, and pretty much everybody knows everybody in the town. Uh, my wife actually came from South Carolina and moved to the area uh, freshman year. And, um, you know, we just met each other really just running, you know, Friday, Saturday nights wasn't a whole lot to do. So we would we would spend our time going up and down the roads, uh, hanging out at you know, pool halls and gas stations and, um, and occasionally go to Sonic or McDonald's to get a bite to eat. And, uh, and, I, and I actually met her, uh, met her at a gas station um, and she was, you know, I was going in to, uh, to, buy, to buy some soda or some chips or whatever. And, uh, and she pulled up at the same time and we just kind of hit it off, started talking and it just kind of went from there. Okay, well, wait a minute. Now hold the phone right now. That's hilarious. Like, hey, little lady, I'm going in to get a soda. Um, I don't know you, but I think you're cute. Is that what you did? Tell us well, what you seriously. All right. Well, so, 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 truth, truth be, truth be told, um, yeah, truth be told, I was, uh, yeah, I had a fake ID. <laughs> uh, I, was, I, was, I was kind of I was kind of a rebel early on. I was, uh, you know, I was 19, 20, had a fake ID, and I was going in to get a six pack, and. And she gave and she gave me a you know ten dollar bill to get some wine coolers for her, and uh, I bought the wine coolers. I bought my six pack, but I never gave her her change. I kept the change. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't really intentional. I wasn't I didn't need the extra four dollars or whatever it may have been, but you know that was that was kind of a way that she was able to kind of track me back down over time. And uh, we just she you know she she saw me again another night later and she's like hey you never gave me my my change you know and uh, <laughs> we just we just started talking from there and it, it was really more of a friendship type thing uh, I, I consider her kind of like one of the guys uh, but she's just a, just a super cool uh, super super cool girl with a, with great uh, great morals and I love, I love her. her I love her yeah. she, she hangs out with the guys <laughs> and she's fun and she's okay that you stole her four dollars. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So good times. Oh my God. I love it. Well, that goes into my other question. So if I were, I'm going to be scared to even ask you, but if I would ask your friends, either in high school or college, like, tell me a little bit about Ryan. Like, you know, we look at you like you're very analytical and you're like, wah, 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 very straight to the point, you know, but this feeling like, you know, you're buying beer with a fake ID. So I'm certain you had some fun. Oh, so I like to tell. I like to say they would all tell you that I'm uh, that I was, you know, very dependable. I was a hard worker. Um, I was the kind of guy that, you know, if they needed something in a pinch, I would be there. Uh, by all means, I would drop everything that I that I had to to be there for them. Uh, they would also tell you that I was a pretty a pretty damn good wingman uh, most of the time, and uh, and I. And I was always I was never one to turn down you know, turn down an invitation uh, to, to to go somewhere to try something new. Just uh, just like to kind of live outside the box a little bit. Okay, so wow, I think that you know I love that you're a wingman. So if I were to you know get a movie, you know Top Gun comes to mind. You are the wingman. <laughs> I love that. That is so cool. So you had a fun life, I'm sure. But what I I want to ask you is. You also told me a really funny story about how you got into the betting industry, and I would love to hear it because, you know, nobody aspires to really think about getting into the betting industry, and we always have some sort of funny story, but yours is hilarious. Can you tell them what you told me at Nationwide? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, like many of us in our early, early 20s, we're trying to figure things out, and uh, I had uh, two other roommates 
Um, you know, one roommate was a bartender. I worked for Frito-Lay in a warehouse pulling orders and, uh, you know, driving forklifts and stuff like that. Then I had another buddy uh, who was kind of the outsider, in my opinion, who was a mattress salesman. Uh, he actually worked for uh, for mattress firm, um, you know, many, many years ago when I first got into the industry. And I remember, you know, I would always give him a hard time because he worked from 10 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night. You know, I worked 12 hour, 12, 13 hour shifts at Frito-Lay, manual labor, pulling orders, driving, you know, loading trucks and stuff. And uh, I remember, you know, I remember one time giving him a hard time. I would got I got off work at like one o'clock in the morning. You know, I, I come into the uh, he, he's sitting in the living room and I was like, hey, you want to go go out to the casinos? We, I mean, it's still early. We can you know, we can go still go have a good time. He's like, no, I'm pretty tired. I've been working all day. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? You are a mattress salesman. You you literally sit on your butt all day long and sell mattresses. And he's like he's like well he's like, he's like call it whatever you want, but I'm I'm tired and I you know I'm not going to do it. So fast forward six months later, and so he didn't give it to my peer pressure. Needless to say, um, six months later, I was getting really burnt out uh, working in a warehouse uh, doing doing that job. I felt like there was really no growth potential there. And I reached out to my buddy who uh, came crawling back on my hands and knees. And I said, hey, <laughs> you know, I gave you a hard time about being a mattress salesman. But, I, but what do you think about maybe me getting into the business? And he laughed, like hysterically laughed. And he said, you would like to get into sales. And I said, yeah, why not? I mean, I, I think I could be good at it. I want to try my hand at it. He's like, all right, well, I'll get you an interview. So he got my foot in the door. And, uh, and that's all. That's all she wrote. So. Yeah, I worked with Matt. I worked at Mattress Firm in Memphis. Uh, started back in 2005. Uh, started as a manager on duty. Quickly went to a store manager. Uh, store then a, then a top manager at our clearance center location, market manager, and then finally a district manager before I decided to leave. Wow! So you and Andrew have some a lot of in, in common. He worked for Mattress Firm as well. Seems like a lot of people on our team. I know a yeah. lot of our team. Yeah. Well, I thought it was funny because it's like, yeah, I don't, what are you doing? You're a mattress. You are only in mattresses. And then, you know, you know this kid is only in mattresses at mattress firms making a ton of money. So here you go. And then from there, you went to TSI. How'd you get into TSI? Uh, yeah. So uh, basically, I just uh, just worked really hard at retail. I was a top performer in the market and uh, ended up, uh, you know, meeting some, uh, meeting some good friends and some good connections who were already in the industry. Um, a good friend of mine, uh, Jay Riley, uh, put in a good word for me with uh, Todd Coleman early on back in 2014. So I had an interview in Memphis, Tennessee at a hotel with Todd Coleman. Um, and then they decided to fly me out to Lexington for a three-person panel interview. And um, basically did that, did that interview process and they offered me a position as a territory manager shortly after. And where, what was your territory? Yeah, so as, as far as when I first started, yeah, okay. So when I first started, I had the uh, I had the West Tennessee territory, and then I also had like Southern Kentucky, like Paducah, Kentucky. Oh wow! Um, yeah, when I first started, I mean, when I since I've been with with the company, I've managed other territories from Alabama to Mississippi, um, all the way from Virginia, East Tennessee, West Virginia, a number of different territories over my time. Yeah, I, that's one of the questions that I had for you because, you know, oh, you've sorry. been, no, no, gosh, no, it's easy. This is a conversation, but we were, you know, I was looking at that and I was like, you've been in several different um, territories 
And um, each territory or each move has been is, has been a growth opportunity for you, correct? Uh, most most certainly it has, yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. So what I wanted to ask, and you know, we wanted to ask you is um, during this uh, these many different regions and teams. What advice do you have to offer to us that would help us um, when there is a transition or our career? You know, do you have any like insight or you know anything that you can tell us that would give us a, a you know a you know how can we transition when we do move or if we get into a different position? What made you successful? Well, I think I think really for me it was the fact that just being open minded to change. And, be, and being willing to change, uh, it's so easy for us to get into a to get into a bubble to only associate with with people that we're closest with. Um, but you know, for me, it's uh, it was challenging myself to step outside of my comfort zone. Uh, at, t at you know, whether it's a national sales meeting or a divisional meeting, you know, it's 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 going out and it's introducing yourself to other people that are that are within your with you know that are on the team that are within the company. Because um, you just never really know when an opportunity may present itself, and you could be working directly with a lot of these other individuals. So it's always good to have the connections early on. I like that. That makes sense. So make your connections. Networking is really good and, and will help. That's absolutely because you do get in your bubble, you stay in your bubble. Um, do you have any questions for him, Andrew, on that topic? Yeah, I'm just kind of like on a related note, do you consider yourself to be kind of a like a self-promoter or like or or is it just purely like networking and just being at the right place at the right time? What it like what what, what have you found in your experience? Yeah, for me, I think it's a combination of both. I mean, I've always I've always been a self-promoter. Um, I'm not I'm not I'm not a big guy that's gonna go out and you know put all my accomplishments on front street for everybody to see. Uh, but I'm the kind of guy that I'm very dependable. I will never ask somebody to do what I wouldn't be willing to do. You know, and I take a lot of pride and I take things personal sometimes, maybe even when I shouldn't, when things don't go um, go the way that I plan. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, Andrew. That was a great question. I think we all do, you know, because we we all, I think all of us are always strive to do the best that we can be. And I love that about you. That's That's a great, you know, <laughs> thing to be aspired to is to always be try to be your own you know critic right I, I find that really I find that really interesting because like personally that's probably if I were to say like strengths and weaknesses that's probably my weakest one as far as just being a self-promoter that's not my style so finding people that that is a strength I um again I find it very admirable and it's just one of those things that seemingly it seems obvious like obviously you have to go to bat for yourself but knowing how to do that. I mean, there is, there is strength even within that. So I just find that, find it really cool. Well, well, I think, I think a lot of it also is, you know, to piggyback on that, it is right place, right time as well. And being willing to take the, take the leap of faith, you know, when you have opportunities that, you know, that come open for advancement uh, within the organization and to something that you want to do and continue to grow in your career, you know, it's not easy, you know, it's mm -hmm. not easy to make that jump, but to, to have the, to have the faith and know that, you know, at the end of the day, that's where growth happens. You know, I think, I mean, for me, it's been, I mean, it's worked, it's worked out pretty well, I feel like. I love that. It's, um, it's hard, you know, when it's the unknown. I, I, I want to go back on Andrew's question. What did you do to self-promote but not be braggadocious? You know what I mean? Like, how did you do that? Like, some people like Andrew. I will tell you, Andrew is not a self-promoter. He, he just goes and he does his daily 
stuff, whether, you know, we all think it's amazing, but, you know, we don't know. So how would somebody that's quiet and, you know, just plugs along, how do they promote themselves without feeling like, you know what, I'm bragging? Well, I think, I think really, for, really for me, it, uh, you know, I let my results show in the numbers. Uh, I, I, yeah, at, the, at the end of the quarter, at the end of the year, you know, I measure, I measure my performance and my success, you know, based off of, based off of my performance numbers. And, you know, your, our managers also look at that, obviously. Um, so I think it's a combination of things. It's a combination of, you know, just doing the very best that you can, you know, make sure that you're, you know, that you show up when you say you're going to show up, uh, that you, that you have great follow through, that you're dependable, but then also that you're, that you're hitting your goals and targets uh, that are put forth, you know, by the, by the company. I mean, your managers will pick up on that and it's never a bad thing to make sure that, you know, that you're networking and that you're uh, working closely with your, with your direct manager as well. So they really get to kind of know you on a, on a more personal level and kind of your style of uh, managing your business. Cause not everybody's the same. Yeah, that's huge. And I think that kind of goes into our best practice. Um, like I said earlier, you've been on many regions and many different teams. Um, what advice do you have to offer to us that um, would help us in transitions, which I said earlier, but, but we have some TSMs that um, we have FSCs that want to be a TSM. And then we have some FSCs that just recently been promoted to TSMs. What advice do you, can you give them um, as new, new TSMs to be successful? Yeah, I would say, you know, really at the end of the day, guys, we got to remember that what we do is not rocket science, right? You know, we sell mattresses, you know, so I think really what's going to hold back, what's going to be, what's going to make a, the, the difference in my mind from an average rep to an outstanding rep is the outstanding rep is going to be that person who is going to, that's going to return all the phone calls. That's going to, that's going to answer the emails. That's going to give the follow-up um, and, the, and, and have the attention to detail that is demanded by our, by our customers. Um, so, so really just, uh, if you say you're going to show up, show up. If somebody calls you, pick up your phone. If they leave you a message, call them back. It's the small things that hold, that hold so many people back that if you can take care of those things right off the bat, you're, you're already going to be leaps and bounds above uh, many of the other reps that are, that are, that, that may be calling on the, on your customer. Um, and that's going to give you a lot of, a lot of, a lot of leadway and a lot of headway in rows early on with your new accounts. Um, and then once you have that confidence, once uh, the account has the confidence in you, um, that essentially you're just going to be able to, you know, put a lot of things into place. It's going to help grow, you know, their business and at the same time, grow, you know, grow your business as well. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. Thank you. That's, that's really good advice. I like that show up. And if you promise something, do it. Um, the other question that I have for you, it's um, regarding when you do get a new um, region, new territory, um, what are you looking for or new accounts? What are you looking for when you first get to that account? What is your analytical brain looking for to grow that business? Like, this is what I got to do. I see it. I can see it in my, my site and this is what I need to do. Is there something that you always notice or, you know, what do you do to grow your business quickly? 
Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that it's something that I that I always notice, and I have to, and I do have to kind of shut off the analytical part of my brain. You know, really, at the end of the day, it comes down to relationships. So you have to slow down a little bit and make sure that you take the time to establish a good relationship uh, with your accounts. And uh, once you have that relationship down, uh, then you can really start focusing in on whether it's merchandising, training, advertising, the areas that the accounts are lacking in. I love it. So um, when you are just getting into these new doors, you're working with the FSC team. What do you look for in regards to a partnership with your FSCs? Yeah, so really at the end of the day, it comes down to two things in my mind. It comes down to trust and an open line of communication. If, uh, if, if we have those two things and we're all aligned on our goals and objectives, um, and as long as there's communication going back and forth that we all are on the same page uh, with what we're trying to accomplish, we can uh, we can just about anything done with the, with the right amount of teamwork. That's right. That's exactly right. And I have one, a couple more questions for you. What is your greatest strength personally and um, professionally? That's a good question. Uh, greatest strength personally, I would say would be my work ethic. Um, just getting up every day, showing up, even when you don't feel like showing up, show up and do your very best to get the job done. As a senior key account manager, uh, I'd say my, my greatest strength there would be my, you know, 17 plus years of industry experience. You know, not only, you know, do I have the luxury of having the 10 years that I had in retail, but then I had the eight years you know, essentially in wholesale. So I can see kind of both, both sides of the business. And it, I think it gives me a very unique perspective on how to how to solve some problems and issues that may be going on in the so accounts. Well rounded, being well rounded helped you. For, for for me, I think it's been it's been very beneficial because not everybody you know not not everybody has had you know both sides of the business for the amount of time that I've been in them. Yeah, that's a true story. Like I see that. Andy, do you have a question for him? Just uh, just a couple like non-work questions. So if there's anything else you want to ask, go for it. Um, no, that's it. That that is that was a really I like the strength and weakness. You know your strengths. It's awesome. So go. It's on. You're on deck. Ryan, I've got a couple questions for you, and they're sure. they're really really important. I think for myself personally. Uh, just in, in my own growth as as a father, just for, you know, you mentioned that you got a 15 year old and a 12 year old, both play sure. soccer. Now I have to know, did you play soccer growing up yourself at all? Um, yeah, I played a little bit of rec soccer, uh, probably two seasons of rec soccer when I was uh, like seven or eight years old and I was horrendous. I was not very <laughs> good at all. <laughs> so, um, they, so they definitely didn't get it from me, so. Right. I, I asked because I, I, I played soccer my entire life. I still play yeah. soccer now, but like now, like transitioning into being a sideline dad, like it, 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 I find it incredibly hard to not like uh, step on the toes of the coach or <laughs> or like show my ass like to the reps if I think that they're doing something bad. And my daughter's only four. You know, and it's her first season. And so I need I need a little bit of coaching advice to let me know, like, hey, as my daughter progresses, how am I going to keep my cool on the sidelines? Yeah. Uh, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. That's something that, that we had to learn um, over the years <laughs> how to do that. What we found to be the most effective approach was, uh, you know, blow pops. Just <laughs> 
whenever you whenever you feel like you know you know call, yelling at the ref or you know coaching from the sidelines, just pop the blow pop in your mouth and just uh, just sit back and just try to relax. <laughs> oh my god, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> That's good. Like my wife thought maybe maybe for like these because they're like two o'clock games that maybe like a like an early morning like we're not early morning but like 11 a.m or like a 12 like like a mimosa just like to calm me down or something like that but again i'm you know i i love my daughter and i just want you know i just want her like to crush uh, the opposition so um so i appreciate the the input i, I think probably blow pop is a, a lot more a lot more calming than maybe getting <laughs> getting boozed up before the game so yeah well yeah well well i mean at least it's probably more socially acceptable but... <laughs> <laughs> andrew getting hammered all of his sideline. yeah just getting slogged at a four-year-old's you know uh league soccer game yeah, yeah. what do you mean she went hard at me why <laughs> well ryan that I mean that that's 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 all i had for you i mean that to me was extremely important uh again uh it's the little things in life but i want to say thank you very much for hopping on i i really enjoy this conversation getting to know a little bit more about you uh now just for those that that don't know where are you located currently now yeah so right now we're located in uh, spanish fort alabama uh, which is actually uh, the southern alabama gulf coast we're about 45 minutes to an hour from the beach Cool. So it's our own little uh, little piece of paradise, is what I like to call it. Nice, nice. All right. Well, that about wraps it up. Uh, Christina, do you have anything else that you wanna you wanna finish on, or shall we just thank Ryan for a wonderful discussion and uh, get this one out for the for the masses? I love it. No, let's get it out for the masses. I mean, he told us a lot of good fun stuff. You know, we. We got to go to a gas station. We're talking about little pops so we don't get crazy on the field. I mean, it has been a fun interview. And I want to thank you. We both want to thank you very much for your time. You, I know you're really busy. And uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, probably at the national sales meeting is when we're going to see you next, probably, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you both for having me. I've really enjoyed the time. So uh, you got to keep up the good work. Oh, awesome. Thank you. And we would like to see you all next Beast Cast. It'll be Beast Cast number six. So thank you very much for everybody and all your support. We appreciate everything and we look forward to talking to you in the next Beast Cast. Let's go. Let's go, South Beast. Beast mode.